This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to Green Pulse, a podcast series by The Straits Times where we analyze the beats of the changing environment, from biodiversity conservation to climate change. Hi, I'm Audrey Tan and I cover science and environment for The Straits Times. In its early years, Singapore wanted to be a garden city. Years later, it announced a new plan to be a city in a garden. Now, the country is pushing the boundaries, envisioning itself as a city in nature. What does that mean exactly? National Development Minister Desmond Lee explains. We are of course a city and a state of 720 square kilometres, one of the most densely populated cities in the world. These are realities that we've grappled with, but in a way our early pioneers have overcome that by ensuring that we pay heavy emphasis on ensuring that though we are small and densely populated, back then it was Garden City, a major push for greening. I think that sends a strong signal. Then you know why Mr. Lee Kuan Yew emphasised on greening. It's about the idealism of equality, that in both places where the former colonial masters lived and worked, but also where ordinary Singaporeans like us and our forefathers lived and worked. There is greenery across the board. There is that respite from the sense of overly built city. And he also is Garden City in part, I surmise, because he emphasised the importance of showing that Singapore has, has good gardeners who can take care of a place. And if you can take care of a place as a garden in our city, that therefore people looking into Singapore say, this is a place that's well stewarded, well taken care of. I'd like to invest in this place, create jobs for the people here. So those were the early idealisms, but also highly pragmatic considerations of uh, Mr. Lee and his generation. That today, 30, 40, 50 over years later, we have these tall trees planted by them decades ago. In other countries, you can flee to the suburbs and rural spaces, but not so in Singapore. In other countries, you flee outwards to greenery. In Singapore, you go inwards to our emerald hut, which is our nature reserves, right? And green pockets are at the heart of our communities. So it's a totally different mindset. But let me start off with Garden City and then evolving into City in Garden. So imagine, just close your eyes and imagine, Garden City is a city with gardens in them, with nature within the city. City in a garden, again, you have to look, you have to visualize it in your mind. And then I can describe what are the tangible things that differentiate Garden City from City in a Garden. And it's the last 10, 20 years of City in a Garden, we've been using that as our masthead and as a big push and building upon it. It is that there's nature all around us and the city is within the garden. And to do that, we had the Nature Conservation Master Plan. We started developing nature ways a couple of years ago. We started enhancing greenery. And so for us, our most precious natural capital, our core primary and secondary forests and habitats are in the heart of the city. And in many other areas, our conserved habitats are in the city. Balea Creek, you know where Balea Creek is and what's surrounding it, right? And why it's so, so fragile and so precious. Sungai Bulo Wetland Reserve was not pristine. It's actually uh, nature taking over and allowed to continue to take over what were once prawn and fish farms, but play such a vital role in an international flyway. So that is a city in a garden. A far more intensive greening, a mindset shift that apart from having garden in a city now, it is a city is within the garden and that we should live as urban dwellers in nature. But city in nature is an even bigger push. 
So a more aggressive push in terms of protecting green spaces that we are able to protect for future generations. Changing the way in which we, I think building parks is the wrong word to use, it's the wrong verb, but planting parks from what many of my nature friends call manicured parks. I mean, it's almost a little bit derogatory or <laughs> more naturalized parks. Those parks are not natural, they are to be naturalized. And so more intensive greening, more native plants. Even our roadways and streetscapes will attempt to mimic some forest structure. The emergent canopy, emergent as far as possible, but of course canopy, then mid-tier and then shrubbery and the undergrowth. Apart from helping to some extent with ecological connectivity around our core natural capital cores, they also create the sense that nature weaves its way like veins into our city. So that is significant change in texture and intensity compared to city in a garden. City in nature is more intensive. It is amping up our nature conservation master plan both on land and in the sea and under the sea. So Minister, you explained how Singapore intends to achieve this city-in-nature vision by planting trees and conserving biodiversity. But as recent events have shown, not everyone appreciates wildlife. So do you foresee this being an issue? As I said, we go back to the point that we remain a small city that's highly dense in population and we have to up our sense of stewardship among the community. Now, I'm not sure whether you've encountered, but you can plant the beautiful butterfly garden. People like the butterflies, but they want you to get rid of the caterpillars. Now, I, I don't mean to be uh, unpleasant in saying this, but that is the kind of mindset we want to take forward. That if you want to harness the benefits of nature, you want to protect the environment in our small city-state for its value per se, and you want to benefit from the services of, na of nature, then you need to recognize that even as you intensify this, you will get pushback. Why are trees so close to my window? Why is the uh, roadside uh, greenery so dense? I feel unsafe, it's so dark. Why are there so many animals near my home? Why are there so many monkeys from the nature reserve? They were there first, right? And we built that and we should then use urban design to enable us to live close to nature, but also understand how to manage the human-wildlife conflict. So the last few years from the uh, many instances and incidents, high-profile incidents of human-wildlife conflict, you are seeing effectively a side effect, a negative side effect of city in the garden. We want to harness its benefits, but have not quite fully kind of adapted to that kind of intensity of nature at our doorstep and at our windows. So certainly, Stewardship of the natural environment is important as we seek to intensify our city in nature push. But also too, do communities need to uh, know how to interact with native wildlife that will make good use of these spaces and for which we actually celebrate. But also, it is also for us to find a, a adaptive technology and infrastructure such as monkey-proof bins, you know, window grills, so as much as we expect people to know how to interact with our wildlife, we also have to recognise that they too fear sometimes, especially for the children and for the vulnerable. And therefore, we also have a responsibility on the urban front to find solutions to allow that to happen. And so city in nature is, apart from intensity of greening efforts and conservation into the urban setting, it is also an upping of the gear in our outreach to the community in getting many more Singaporeans to be stewards of, of our biodiversity so that they are not dwellers in a city in nature, they are stewards and custodians of this for future generations. 
Otherwise, you have lots of pushback. Please chop the trees down. Please trim it until botak. Please get rid of the wildlife at my doorstep. I like it far away, but not in my neighborhood park, for instance. So it's that whole mindset change that shifts. Uh, but, but nature stewardship is not just for the young, it's for all of us, including the young at heart. And so through our various programs, we would like to connect people to nature and then through that, change the whole mindset. Now, if you like what you're hearing so far, do subscribe to our series Green Pulse on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or even on Spotify and like us and give us a rating. Now back to our conversation with Mr. Desmond Lee, Minister for National Development on Singapore's plan to becoming a city in nature. We should have to protect nature for its value and its sake, its own sake. So in and of itself is important. But there are also very practical benefits that nature services provide us, which we often take for granted. In a city, we should cherish it all the more because the artificial or the industrial solutions are costly and nowhere as effective. So greenery and nature, the most obvious benefit, it provides a canopy, reduces the urban heat island effect. And places that are highly forested or have got good canopy, you feel the temperature drop as opposed to a place nearby which is completely out in the open. Because of some of our road widening and developmental work, you can see some places which were once very green, we have unfortunately had to lose those trees, and you can immediately feel the palpable difference. You can of course walk under a sheltered lingway, and of course sheltered lingway protects you from the rain as well, but I think nothing beats that forest canopy along the streetscape that shelters you as you go from one place to the other. It's palpable, it's tangible. And then, you know, with being an urban, a tropical environment, and now, of course, with climate change, you see the more drastic weather patterns and extremes, right? Heavy rains, there is that bioremediation effect. It cleanses the water before it enters our drains and then ultimately our water bodies. It cleans the air for us. It's a natural filter. It contributes to the overall quality of air, not just preventing pollution and reducing pollution, but also trees are able to absorb toxins from the air and we take it for granted. Carbon sequestration. It does move the needle to some extent. Mangroves the most effective, in particular because of the substrate. But trees, especially mature trees that have taken decades to grow, they capture a lot of carbon. And it plays a practical part in our contribution in a small place like ours to climate change. And so we will plant a million trees. So for all those reasons, nature provides very important, valuable services to people. In addition to that, we've always assumed and taken for granted, but nature has therapeutic value as well. Uh, because nature has a healing value, right, in, in your healing process. So AH, Alexandra Hospital, and of course when Liak went to uh, Kutik Puat, very intensive greening, because it plays a part in the healing process for patients who are recovering from surgery, treatment. Uh, it plays its part, lah. I think I don't want to overstate it, but neither do we want to ignore its clear therapeutic value. For dementia, for people who are facing this biological uh, deterioration, nature enables inclusiveness. So we've also pushed for inclusive playgrounds and we've got people who are very, very generous in, in supporting and sponsoring these around the island. And it's a space for inclusion and interaction. And when you care for nature, you learn to care beyond yourself and you recognise that everyone has a part to play. Every organism has a part to play. And Likewise, in these inclusive playgrounds, out in nature, with some accommodation and modifications, children who are differently able, who have some physical or other disability, are able to then interact with other children in that open, non-judgmental setting. 
our generation, we spend a lot of time in our early childhood outdoors, in the Longkang, in the streams, in the intertidal areas, in green areas, nature areas. But younger generations of Singaporeans have a lot of technology to contend with. And uh, in terms of psychomotor development, you know, your physical development, psychomotor development, your deftness, your agility, physical uh, well-being, emotional well-being, emotional development, especially at young age, zero to six, also values learning. That is why we launched Outdoor Learning and Adventure as part and parcel of the core pedagogy in preschool. So two years, three years ago, when I went to MSF, I brought EGDA and PAPS, HDB, URA, all together to make sure that in all our preschools, the children are spend more time outdoors, rest, learning to tumble and fall. Okay, I mean, parents may not be very happy, but learn to interact, learn to play, learn to sweat, and then also learn from nature, learn from the values that nature teaches us. So Minister, maybe now, you know, after talking about nature and the importance of nature in a city, you can share with us um, your more personal thoughts about, you know, what value do you see in nature and how does nature recharge you after, you know, spending a long day doing policy work? You know, from young, my parents always say, especially my mother, you know, you read so much, better go and uh, look out the window and see the tree, see the greenery. <laughs> then your eyes won't spoil. <laughs> Again, the very pragmatic part of a Singaporean, right? And that's what nature does for you. And we take it for granted. But I do those posts to celebrate a city in nature, to try to contribute my little part to outreach. And Park's uh, social media platforms are very, very effective. But if all of us can share and reshare, it's really that last piece. You know, city nature is not just about the green intensity, but in order to sustain that and to push that even further, we need everyone to value its services, to cherish it for its own sake, to see ourselves as stewards of this city in nature for not just for ourselves to enjoy, but do you want your grandchildren or great-grandchildren to be in a Singapore that is green? And so think many times before you chop a tree down. You didn't plant it. 30 years ago, your grandparents planted it. And so when you make that big sacrifice, plant many more in its place for the next generation and take good care of it. So all these Post, mine is just one small effort. Many of our nature friends do that. Nature Society, HSS does that, and parks. It's part of that outreach, touching people's hearts, getting people to say, hey, that's something that I always take for granted. When I sit in a bus, go underground in MRT, sit in a car, I walk along the streetscape and look at my phone rather than looking up at the flowering trees around me. So it's the building awareness. That was Mr. Desmond Lee, Minister of National Development, on his vision for sustainability in urban Singapore. For more on Singapore as a city in nature, do check out the stories in The Straits Times. That's a wrap for Green Pulse and we hope you enjoyed our discussion. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.